So as we're coming off of Christmas in particular, and the birth of our Savior, and we're in that time of year right now, what I would like to do is, is remind you that his, the reason for his birth is, is our salvation. It's not like he comes just to come. He's, he was on a mission to come and glorify God through saving us. He was truly born to die. So what I hope to do today is as we look at this passage in Luke chapter 2, 21 through 38, I hope that you will see God's salvation. That's my hope, okay? So there's the, my cards early. I want you to see God's salvation. So we would have had the birth of Christ as we've been singing about and celebrating. The shepherds and the angels are coming and praising Let's begin in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 21. Let's read through the text today. Luke 2, beginning 21. Now the shepherds have just returned. They're glorifying, they're praising God. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Verse 22, And when the time came for the purification according to the law, of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two pigeons, two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came into the Spirit, he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. And said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Verse 33, and his, mother, or his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, or Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. My hope is that as we look at this passage and we look at Simeon and Anna, my hope is that they will help us see Christ more clearly. I want them, as we go through this passage, to help us to see Christ. And I see at least five things from each one of their lives. Yeah, it's short. 
but I see at least five things that might be helpful from Simeon and Anna. So let's work, go back to verse 21 and we'll work through verse by verse and see what the Lord would have. We began this section again talking about at the end of eight days when he was circumcised, being Jesus, he was called Jesus. He doesn't get, it, get that name until the circumcision. This was, part to, this was to fulfill the law. They were to be circumcised on the eighth day. Jesus is perfect. He obeys the law perfectly, and even his parents, in this case, make sure that he obeys the law perfectly. Make sure that he's circumcised, as he is part of the promises to Abraham and true Israel, so he needs to be circumcised. So at the end of eight days, this happens, and he gets his name. Now, some ask, well, why, does, why, is it, why is it eight days until he gets his name? We have a child, and we had Simeon, our Simeon, and it took us like a day to give him a name finally. We kept getting texts from some of you. What's his name? <laughs> I don't know. Heather and I going back and forth. The nurses keep coming in. Uh, what do you want us to write on the birth certificate? Oh, come back. We're still talking about it. We, we should have got eight days. <laughs> A day or two, we're, we're still ahead of schedule there. There's some discussion, some debate on why that is. This is actually still practiced in many parts of the world. And a lot of it, I, I would argue a lot of it has to do with um, the idea that children would die very often. And so they wouldn't name them many times until at least eight days until that circumcision. There's some other possible reasons that go with that. But just know that they're following according to the law here. And now Jesus has his name that was given to him, of course, by God, but through the angel when he was still in the womb. And Jesus' name, of course, means salvation, or God is our salvation. In, in, in Hebrew, it would be Yeshua, but he given that name because he will save his people from their sins. We know that. So, eight days, circumcised, verse 22, And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Okay, so now eight days have passed, and now there's, there's, there's a purification process that needs to take place, and they're going to go to the temple, verse 23. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. That's going to come out of Exodus, Exodus 13, if you'll remember, when God saves his people. He, you have the, the, the Passover, which is celebrated. So when God is going to deliver his people, what he does is, if you'll remember, he strikes down the firstborn of all in Egypt firstborn. And he says that, of course, if you put this blood around the door, then he, the angel of death will pass over. So this was to be a, a, a remembrance for Israel. The firstborn, every time they were to be holy to the Lord. didn't matter if it was a human or an animal. Holy unto the Lord is a reminder for God's faithfulness. So what you had to do is if you had this, this firstborn child, you needed to go to the temple and you needed to redeem that child because ultimately they're all, all these firstborn were to be set apart and holy for the Lord. And so then you need to go to the temple, you need to follow the rules, and then the child gets to go back with you. But they're set apart for the Lord. Even Jesus, the firstborn, is set apart for the Lord. So they're following the law as they go to do that, but they also are going to do something else while they're there. Verse 24. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. You can see on your notes there, if you flip back, and I would encourage you to do so, you can look on the notes or flip back to Leviticus, 
Leviticus chapter 12. I'm going to read through that for you because that's the part there that they're talking about that sacrifice. Leviticus chapter 12. It's on your notes or flip in your Bible. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, If a woman conceives and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days. Okay? Unclean. Considered unclean seven days. If you have a male child, Jesus is a male. Mary's unclean. Okay? As at the time of her menstruation, she shall be unclean. And on the eighth day of the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. So they're following that. Then she shall continue for 33 days in the blood of her purifying. She shall not touch anything holy, nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purifying are completed. But if she bears a female child, then she shall be unclean two weeks, as in her administration, and and she shall continue in the blood of her purifying for 66 days. And when the days of her purifying are completed, whether for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting a lamb, a year old, for a burnt offering, and a pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. Hear that? A burnt offering, and also a sin offering. And he shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement for her. Then she shall be clean from the flow of her blood. This is the law for her who bears a child, either male or female. And if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for her, and she shall be clean. Okay, so go back to our passage here. They're bringing Jesus, because he's set apart for the Lord. They're doing what they're supposed to do, bringing him to the Lord, to the temple. And then in verse 24, and to offer this sacrifice. What sacrifice? This burnt offering and a sin offering. Side note, this destroys the idea that Mary's sinless. Why would she have to do it if she was sinless? She wouldn't have to. Jesus is sinless, but she has to come and bring these sacrifices. That shows us again that it is Jesus and Jesus only who is the mediator between God and man. It is Jesus and Jesus only who is pure, holy, righteous, and sinless. Nobody else is. This shows it in the Bible. Okay? But, great, look at this. Sacrifice, according to the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. If they didn't have enough money to bring the lamb, they had to bring this. What does that tell us about them? Poor. We know that about Jesus, born into a poor family. What's so crazy is she is bringing the lamb to the temple. (laughs) Not just a normal lamb. She's bringing the lamb to the temple. But she still follows the law. But isn't it ironic that she has the pure, spotless Passover lamb that she's bringing to the temple? He's the one. Now, he hasn't done it yet, so that's why she has to bring this one. But he's the one who will take away her sin. So neat. Now, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Yes, this is where we get the name of our child, Simeon. There is a Simeon in the Old Testament. I think our our Genesis group, I think, was studying a little bit about him today. But this is where we see, for our family, the naming of our Simeon. So there's this man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man, watch this, was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. 
that had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Look at this, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. How about that? Wow. The Spirit told him. And he came, watch this, watch this. He came in the Spirit into the temple. When he arrives at the temple, he is in the Spirit. And when the parents brought, the, brought in the child Jesus to do according to him, to do him according to the custom of the law. What's he do? He takes him up in his arms and blessed God. Can you just picture that for a moment? He's been waiting. He knows that, that salvation isn't going to be just some necessarily some event or some other person. He knows that it's the, the Lord's Christ. And they bring him in. And there he is. And he's been waiting. And he's been praying, asking. And God said, don't worry, I'm going to show you salvation. I'm going to, you're going to see the Messiah before. And he comes in. I just picture him just like grabbing him. And maybe even like a little spin. I don't even know. If you make Jesus throw up, that would be weird. I don't know. But you know, he's just, I mean, he's so excited. He sees him. And he blessed God. Verse 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. He means die. I can now die in peace because I've seen the Savior according. What's it according to? His word. I'm away from his word. It's connected to his word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. What does he see? He sees Christ. Amen. Friends, we get confused and we think that salvation means we don't go to hell. Or that we get to go to heaven. Amen. Those are benefits, but salvation is Christ. It's Him. If you're here and you don't want Jesus, you just don't want to die and go to hell forever, or you just want to walk on streets of gold, or you just want everything to be good, you don't want any more sickness or pain, but you don't want Jesus, then you don't understand salvation. We want to be wherever Jesus is. Because He's wonderful. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Watch this. That you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Both, again, we talked about this back when we were in Romans. Right here, from the, the beginning, of course, we know before in the Old Testament, it's talked about how God would save all the nations, but we see it right here as Jesus comes. And he's saying, this, is, this little one is the light for all peoples. And here's Mary and Joseph. I love this verse. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. Can you imagine you're going to the temple, you're just obeying, doing what we're supposed to do? All of a sudden, this... Older gentleman comes up, he's like, yeah! And he like takes your baby, he's like, woo, praise the Lord! And he's going to do all this, and they're just like... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they got some attention that day. Not every baby that happens. You know, other people are probably like, what about my baby? <laughs> special. Your baby ain't that special. <laughs> and Simeon blessed them. And said... To Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. There's many in Israel who will believe, and there's many who will not believe. There's going to be many who stumble over the fact that the Messiah came to a poor family that couldn't even afford the, the full offering. They can't get that. People still struggle with that. Still struggle that this, this Jesus, this Messiah, would come in such a way. This lowly Savior. They think he, he should come as a king. He should come ruling and reigning. Don't wait, there's part two. He's coming. But first he came to save us. 
the falling and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword, watch this, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. What is Mary going to have to see at some point? Can you imagine? You, you know your little one is here to die? Oh, man. She doesn't fully get that yet, I don't believe, but she will. But he has to. He's born to die. That's the plan. But he's also born to rise. So that the thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. We see that this Christ comes and He will ultimately judge in all the thoughts of everyone's hearts and whether we truly loved Him and followed Him and were like Simeon, worshiping Him. It'll come out. So a few things that I want to point out to you from Simeon's life. Simeon's name means God has heard or He has heard. And so in your notes, I have some fill in the blanks for you because some of you really like that, so that's my Christmas present to you. <laughs> a few things that just stood out to me. Again, because the Spirit's on Simeon, and because he sees the Lord, he sees the, the true salvation. So, Simeon lived a righteous life. He lived a holy life. That's an encouragement to us, to live holy as the Lord is holy. Simeon was devout in his worship of the Lord. Not kind of this hot and cold and kind of whenever. He was devout. He was, he was excited. Why? Because he saw Christ for who he was. He saw God for who he was. Simeon patiently waited for the Lord. Can you imagine? Waiting, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. You show up to the temple, he's not there that day. You're waiting, you're waiting, he doesn't come, he doesn't come. How many of you struggle with waiting? <laughs> you know when you get impatient, that's ultimately an issue between you and God. The Lord's timing is perfect. Do you think you should have something? And I should have it now. The Lord would just get on my same page. If you don't have that thing yet, guess what? It's not for you yet. It's not. Because you're not ready. Your good Father knows what you need when you need it. Simeon waited patiently for the Lord. I think we can be reminded of that. I love this. Simeon came into the temple in the Spirit. What does that mean? That means he's communing with God before he ever gets to the temple. He's there and he's ready. How many of you showed up this morning and you weren't ready to worship? You were fighting. You were focused on material things or what you got or what you didn't get. He comes ready to worship. He's in the Spirit. We have the ability because we are sealed with the Holy Spirit to walk with Him all the time. Yes, it's a battle. But we have the Spirit inside of us. Another thing we can learn from Simeon is when we come to worship, we come in the Spirit. The last one I have about Simeon is Simeon knew and trusted God's Word. He knew God's Word and he trusted God's Word. That's Simeon. So some of you, you, you like more with Simeon. Let's go to the next part real quick here. And let's go starting in verse 36. And there was a prophetess Anna, or Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. Okay? She was advanced in years. 
It's a kind way of saying she was a little bit older. Advanced in years. Having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, probably meaning she was young when she got married and lived a short time with him, and then he would have died. Okay? And then was a widow until she was 84. So, long time being single, probably a long time. She did not, watch this, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. What five things do I see from Anna in this little short passage for you? Anna was faithful even when life didn't turn out as she hoped. Do you think she hoped that her husband would die that quickly? No. But here's what she didn't do. She didn't curse God. She didn't shake her fist at God, at least that we see, and she didn't stop worshiping. She was faithful. In fact, when that happened, when tragedy struck, it drove her more to the Lord. Why is it that sometimes when tragedy, when things get hard, we run the other direction from the Lord? Isn't that interesting? She doesn't. She presses in the Lord. Let me encourage you. If life hasn't turned out exactly as you hoped it would, Press into the Lord. Press in to the Lord and be faithful. Second one, Anna was devoted to God's presence and God's word. What do I mean? She wanted to be in the temple. What's it say? She didn't leave. She was there night and day. Who's at the temple? Well, of course, that's supposed to be the God's presence and God's people. That's where she wants to be. If you find yourself like, I don't really like God's people, and I don't really want to be with God, that's a problem. Let's all seek to be in God's presence, right? And that we have His Spirit inside of us, so communing with Him and be with His people. Hopefully you can feel His presence when we're together. I love this too. Anna's worship included prayer and fasting. If you struggle feeling God's presence, let me encourage you, pray and fast. Say, well, I can't, I can't go that long without missing a meal. I can't do that. Okay, well, there are different styles of fasting. We've talked about this some, but I just want to share them with you. You may need to go ahead and stay away from food and drink for a certain amount of time. That may be something for you to do. But it may also be that you could think about different things in your life that just seem to have your heart. What could that be? Well, it could be technology. Fast from technology. What do you do instead? You pray and focus on the Lord. Read His Word. You may need to fast from other people. Now, be careful with that one. <laughs> Some of you are like, hey, Pastor Billy said, i got to be on my own. I'm going out fishing. No, that's not what I mean. There may be some people in your lives that are are toxic and you're trying to reach them, but you may need to pull back a little bit and focus on the Lord. It may be food or types of food. It may be coffee. It may be peanut M&M's. Maybe. Whatever it is, 
that has your heart, that you're focused on that instead of the Lord. You step away from it, and that is worship, because you're saying, Lord, I want you more than I want those things. And that's what we need to do. So I would encourage you, like Anna, this was part of her worship. This was worship for her, prayer and fasting. The fourth one that I noticed here that she does, look at verse 38 again. And coming up that very hour, she began to give thanks to God. Do you just give thanks to God for His salvation? Like if you're kind of discouraged and depressed right now, here's I've got, got a great antidote for you. Just start thanking God for His salvation. Start thanking God for Jesus and start asking to show you more and more and more of what your salvation means and what it meant. That that baby would come to die for you. Wow. Think on that and you'll be more thankful, I promise you. I promise you, you will. But I love this about Anna. She's thankful because she sees God's salvation. And the last one, notice what she did again at the end of verse 38. She began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. What did she do? She's giving thanks and she's telling everybody about Jesus. Friends, you want to know what will make this Christmas season and every day much better and brighter for you? Give thanks to God and tell everyone about Jesus. Oh man, you won't have a bad day. There might be some things that go wrong. You might get thrown in prison. Something might happen, but it ain't a bad day. It's a good day. It's a good day. This wasn't because Anna and Simeon were great. It's because they kept their eye on the Savior who is great. And the Spirit uses that in our lives. We need to remember, friends, as Jesus came to die for us, that there is salvation only in Christ and in no one else. Not even yourself. You cannot save yourself. You need Christ. Christ is the Redeemer of Israel, and He's the light to all peoples of the earth. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. God, we do thank You that our Christ is the Savior. And that He's become our Christ because You sent Him to come and be born of this virgin. That He would do all that the law commanded, including that He was circumcised. Lord, that He would live that, that perfect life, fulfilling the law, but also dying that death for us. And we're thankful that death couldn't hold him because he is your son. So we think about the resurrection. We think about the fact that he's coming back. Lord, help us to wait patiently for your coming. But while we're waiting, Lord, may we be found faithful. Thanking you for our salvation and telling others and worshiping with prayer and fasting. Trusting in your word, Lord, help us to trust you more. God, I thank you for everyone that's here. Lord, take these words and use them to make us look more like your beautiful son. And for those who are here who do not know you, I pray that they would trust in Christ. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.